Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Started up on this Monday morning, B&E with you, show of the people, into the second week of July, blazing hot week, as we mentioned, triple digits every single day on the forecast, heat index is into the 110s uh, and beyond, so plan accordingly, I think there was a little bit of a respite there, we were in the 90s, and there were some rain days and some things of that nature, but not this week, it's going to be hot, high pressure dominating, gonna it's going to be the steamer, without a doubt, it says, uh, guys, that 480,000 at the Grand Prix of Great Britain was over three days. That's true, over three days. But still, five hundred thousand people out there, nearly for three days, telling you this popularity of the sport, and our man Brad Pitt making the move. Yeah, several people uh, let us know that the uh, the kid that committed to Texas, uh, Aaron Hampton, uh, Bubba Hampton, out of Dangerfield, uh, is a recommitment. He committed to the Longhorns way mm-hmm. back because uh, the Longhorns offered him at, in his sophomore year, and he committed to Texas. He he reopened his recruitment, and but did say Texas would still be a big part of his process. He took a visit to Alabama. How about this, though? The final stretch of his recruitment, this kid from Dangerfield took three visits, Alabama, Texas, and UTSA. You don't think Jeff Trailer can Serious? recruit? You don't think Jeff Trailer can recruit? Wow. Yeah, you're starting to see UTSA pop up for these names, like just taking visits. I mean, that's, got, that's where it has to start. But uh, keep, keep an eye because – I know this, and this is because I think we on the way to the break. We're talking about there were people that have some optimism for Texas A and M this year, and certainly we'll cover the Aggies when they get to SEC media days and and what Jimbo Fisher, you know, bringing in Bobby Petrino and now a returning quarterback, a five star kid that they like a lot. But you know, if things go south at Texas A and M, which that, that's where that's been its direction, and if it continues, you, the name Jeff Trailer is going to be prominent. Oh, for sure, in and around Texas A and M. Now there'll be some of those who say, and again, we'll get the Aggie text or messages on Twitter. I, I'm not trying to get anybody fired. I'm just saying, if he does have a bad season, I think even the, the most ardent Aggie fan would tell you that he's going to be in trouble if things don't go well uh, in Aggie Land this year, and if there continues to be off-field issues and lack of control and those kind of things, and if you don't win enough games, uh, Jeff Trailer is going to be a hot commodity because he can he can coach. He's shown you that at UTSA. Uh, and if not, he's in the recruiting battles with UTSA for kids with Alabama, Alabama and yeah. Texas, and you know making that much of an impression on kids, I mean to get a guy for an official visit, you know that bucket's a big deal. Yeah, it is. A kid on your campus get to sell yourself. I mean UTSA doesn't get in battles like that, but that's the other thing that tells you that Jeff Trailer's starting to feel more and more confident that he can get in those battles. Because mm-hmm. you don't talk about change your program, you land a you know high four star oh, kind you of can kid. Keep your, you can keep your quarterback there for eight years. Hell yeah. When your quarterback's coming for his eighth year. Yeah. I mean, that's coaching. Frank Harris, Frank yeah. Harris is back, baby. 
Uh, you know, they've won back-to-back. Look, Jeff Trailer has built a program that's been the most consistent program in the state of Texas for the last three seasons, right? They've won two conference titles, yep. double-digit wins. And, yes, they're playing at a different level, but at the same time, they're yeah, dominating nice their conference. Too, yes. And, you know, building something pretty special. So Jeff Trailer, a former Texas assistant, of course, he was on the staff with Tom Herman, a guy that um, is on the rise. You know, keep an eye on him. You know, when Texas Tech hired Joey McGuire – the other guy they liked a lot was Jeff Trailer, and there's some that believe that Jeff could have had the job if he wanted it. And um, it sounds like he's right where he needs to be. And that's the he's other part. He's got a sweet contract for being there. I mean, he's got a sweet contract. Well, and that's where you wonder he's kind of waiting on the right job in Texas. I don't think he wants to leave the state of Texas. Um, you know, the other name to mention there, if Dana Holgerson goes south at Houston, you could see him, at, you know, thinking about the opportunity of the U of H, and you know he. That's now that that program now into the Big Twelve, and there are those that are in and around the Houston program. We think Tillman Fertitta, the main d- supporter there, if things go south. I mean, D- Dana Holgerson was hired away from West Virginia to have Houston ready to go when they hit the Big Twelve, ready to compete. Uh, we're going to keep pushing for this Big Twelve thing. We think it can happen, and now it is, and they don't look ready to go. No, they don't look ready to to to, to be a. They real had their contender. window of opportunity where they were, and they didn't do anything with it. Now to walk into this. Uh, all right, so uh, it says Jeff Trailer is a really good coach. Aggie will think they're too good for him. No, I've also been heard, I've been told that too. That no, 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 that's not big enough name. We're going, got to go big, got to go big. Or you just go a really good coach. Yeah, you probably should get a really good coach. <laughs> go a really good coach that can um, handle the program and the players. Who that can you bring recruit in your, Texas? Yeah, who can connect with players, um, rally rally the fan base. I mean, Jeff Trailer does all that. Checks a lot of those boxes for me, but. Same time, we'll see. That's what we look forward to, an exciting 2023 college football season, which is uh, fast approaching. Let's get to the other headlines of a Monday morning. UBO Business Services brings it to you. We'll start with Major League Baseball. And yeah, history made last night on the first night of the MLB Amateur Draft in Seattle. LSU stars Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz became the first pair of teammates to be selected 1-2 overall in the Amateur Draft. Of course, they won the national championship and, uh, and then went 1-2. After they won the first-ever MLB draft lottery back in December, Pittsburgh Pirates all too happy to take uh, the dominated right-hander Paul Skeens with the first pick. Uh, second pick, the Washington Nationals took his teammate, the five-tool power-hitting outfielder Dylan Cruz, one of the best players in all of college baseball. At the third pick, Detroit selected the draft's top high school player, Max Clark. And speaking of happy teams, Texas Rangers thrilled to uh, – Used the fourth pick on Florida All-American center fielder Wyatt Langford. With the eighth, eighth pick in the first round, the Kansas City Royals dipped into Texas to select Sinton High School catcher Blake Mitchell. And with the final pick of round one, the Houston Astros took Nebraska's athletic shortstop Bryce Matthews. No Texas Longhorns were selected last night. In the Round Rock High right-handed pitcher and Longhorn commitment Travis Sakura still available after 70 picks were made last night. The rest of the 20-round draft will be held today in the great Northwest. On the field ahead of last night's draft, MLB wrapped up its first half of the season into the All-Star break. All-Star game, of course, is Tuesday night. Mariners sent the Astros tumbling into the break with a 3-1 win. They took three out of four down in Houston to take that series. At West leading Rangers lost the rubber game of their series in Washington, our nation's capital, 72. They're going to carry a two-game lead over Houston in the AL West into the break. Round Rock won their fourth straight last night at Sugarland, 11-6. Big night. And weekend of soccer as well in Cincinnati. How about U.S. men's national team? They advanced to the semifinals of the CONCACAF Gold Cup. 
with a thrilling penalty shootout win over Canada after playing to a 2-2 draw through 120 minutes that included a pair of extra-time goals for the Stars and Stripes. Jesus Ferreira drilled the PK that proved to be the winner. They will now face Panama Sunday in San Diego in the semis. On Saturday night, Austin FC's midsummer surge continued with an impressive 4-1 win at Minnesota. Sebastian Driussi scored a pair of goals to help the Verde claim their 10th point in their last four matches and move into fifth place in the Western Conference standing. NBA Summer League last night, Victor Wembanyama put on quite the show in his second game in Vegas. After a cold shooting game one on Friday, Wemby last night was was on. Scored a team-high 27 points, grabbed 12 rebounds, blocked four shots in 27 minutes in what uh, many believe may be his last action in Sin City. Spurs may shut him down now. Spurs also announced yesterday that they have locked up head coach Greg Popovich on a new five-year deal. The 74-year-old gets the deal worth $80 million. In golf, incredible Sunday for Sepp Straka. He flirted with a sub-60 round of the John Deere Classic before hitting in the water on 18. Instead, he settles, though, for a 9-under round of 62 to win the TPC Deer run by two strokes. Cameron Smith won the Live Tour event in Great Britain. And at Pebble Beach, 25-year-old Allison Corpus stepped in and won the U.S. Women's Open for her first LPGA title. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Before we get into our coach's corner, Buck, I'll say that I thought baseball on display this weekend. I said off the top of baseball. Major League Baseball moving that draft into prime time the night into the All-Star break. Because they finish all their games in the day, and so they don't have any game going on that night. Let the draft take center stage. And you know, ESPN broadcast it for the first time. But, man, some... Over the weekend, you had the Braves playing the the Rays, teams with the two best records in baseball, and um, the Braves took the first two games. Rays won the third game. That was a really compelling series. Also, you had a no-hitter thrown in Detroit. There were a combined no-hitter for the Tigers, which was pretty cool. And did you see what Ellie De La Cruz did? Did you see this tie on uh, on Saturday night? I've never seen this before. I don't know that has it ever happened. The, 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 soul, soul round. Yeah, the 21-year-old phenom who's just taken the city of Cincinnati in the game by storm with his athleticism and his bat and his clutch performances. And what a, what an athlete. Speaking of great athletes, we were talking about that earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, this dude was on first base, stole second, stole third, third. and stole home in, in the – over two pitches. Over two pitches. Unbelievable. I mean, he stole second on one pitch. Then on the next pitch, stole third. And while the pitcher was kind of looking at himself and not paying attention because he was mad at himself for allowing that to happen, he sprints home <laughs> and steals home. And you're like, holy cow, are we playing Little League out here? What are we doing? Um, I mean, pitchers got to be more Has anybody aware. ever done that? Or was that, I mean, did crazy-ass Ty Cobb ever do that? Uh, I, I, I'll look at my, uh, my little fact sheet here of what I don't think it has. I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, I've been watching baseball my whole life. I don't remember seeing that in a major league game. Gosh, to steal second and third. Is, it's true. Uh, but that young guy... In his stolen base bonanza, he has already become the only the only player in MLB history with 40 hits, 15 steals in their first 30 games in the big leagues. Again, we talk about what, what uh, Shohei Otani is doing. That's the first we've never seen before. Uh, this guy, Ellie De La Cruz, is uh, at 21 years old. Um, so, yeah, he's the youngest player to steal three bases in an inning and at least 60 in the last 60 years. And at 21 years old, he's the youngest player on any team to do it over that span as well. Stole every base over two pitches. And by the way, the score was 6-5, to five, and it was later in the game. So it was a pretty, pretty important run uh, to put on the board for the, the, uh, the hey, Cincinnati Reds. Hey, Skip, Rays. I'm going. Yeah. Oh, man, he's, uh, he's after. Yeah, Detroit Tigers through the 20th combined no-hitter in MLB history. Uh, did that against the, the Blue Jays on Saturday night. So, yeah, there was some pretty cool baseball 
this weekend. And as I say, I do think that the uh, the amateur draft getting some. I mean, some are calling it the best draft ever, but obviously that's prison of the moment. There have been some really good am- amateur drafts, but this one has a chance to be really special. And for that reason, if you're a Texas Rangers fan, I think you're pretty darn excited to draft Wyatt Langford with that fourth pick. I mean, that's a guy that had first overall talent, like one overall guy, one one. And he was there at four because the well, two. It looks L- like the first four could have been number ones. Yeah. Well, that's why people are calling right? this one of the best drafts ever, certainly top of the draft, because you had four potential number one picks. Because we yeah, got Clark, Max Clark, the kid that Detroit took third, was seen as the yep. best high school player, period, and kind of a can't miss prospect. Which, look, just because we're pushing and talking about how college baseball is growing, doesn't mean you still can't pluck a kid out of oh, the high sure. school ranks and he become a great player. Um, there's no doubt about that guy's ability. Uh, but, you know, for the Rangers, yeah, I mean, you had the two LSU guys who just emerged as the clear number one and number two. But Wyatt Langford is, and he had 26 home runs two years ago, had 22 this year. And that dude doesn't just hit home runs. He hits like 450-foot bombs. I mean, he's got just natural power that even with a wooden bat will project. He's a very athletic player. And uh, I heard Jay Johnson, the head coach at LSU, talk about his development, you know, facing him as an opposing coach, that his, kind of like we heard from Ivan Melendez last year, his plate discipline has just gotten better and better. So he works his way into favorable counts. And then when he gets his pitch, doesn't miss it, uh, just and, and blast it. And well, he play, if you saw him at the College World Series, he plays with, you know, that game where, the, um, of course, the, the, the College World Series was three games, and the, the first game LSU won by extra innings, and mm-hmm. then the second game was 24-4. to four. Well, in that game, Wyatt Langford went 5-for-5. Five five. He scored like six. I mean, he was, he was just, I think he was on base like seven times. It was ridiculous. Uh, so that's the kind of player the Rangers are getting with the fourth overall pick. And I will also say that folks who are new to it, the baseball instituted for the first time ever a draft lottery because much like, like all sports, they're trying to prevent tanking. They're trying to prevent teams from – you know, in Major League Baseball, supposed to spend that money. Well, yes, and from pocketing the revenue sharing money, but then they don't want to reward tanking. And baseball is the easiest sport in which to tank because at the end of the year, you can just call up a bunch of minor leaguers, put them in your lineup every day, and because uh, of course the minor league season ends in September, early September, so you got all of that month to just, and you can lose games if you want to. Right? <laughs> Usually in the month oh, of yeah. September, you're playing against teams that are trying to make the playoffs still. So the baseball, like every sport, didn't want that, so they had a lottery. And, you know, like a team like the Rangers shouldn't have been four, but they were. A team like Minnesota, who drafted, who moved all the way up to five, they should have been much further back. Detroit. And a team like Oakland, who should have had the one pick by record last year, ended up sixth. So, you know, think about the Oakland A's. Because in a normal year, they would have been in a position to take Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz, which, you know, fast tracks you and gets you, you know, get you a star player in your system. They had to settle for the sixth pick. And I think that's another smart move for baseball. Uh, Rob Manford, I think, is making some smart moves, even though he took a lot of boos last night. That's an every draft buck. The commissioner oh, gets booed. The commissioner's going to get booed. That's just the way it is. It doesn't matter what it oh, is. Oh, man. Did you hear it when the Astros were on the clock, too, with the 28th pick? Wow. Uh, Astros are obviously still getting the, booed. Oh, for sure. Especially in a division opponent like Seattle. They don't like Houston at all because Houston's owned them for quite a bit now, That the Mariners. Now, the Mariners took two, three out of four this weekend, but over the last five or six seasons, the Astros have dominated the Mariners. So, yeah, their fans not real big on Houston. And yeah, those Rod fans Carew are not. was the last dude to do that. What, to steal all three? Yeah. Rod Carew. That dude did have some wheels early in his career. Rod Carew. Um, I, this says uh, Cesar Cedeno did it in 1972. Cesar Cedeno. It says, how did uh, Greasy slip your mind? I, well, I was born in 1972, so I don't remember that. I just said, I don't remember uh, seeing that. But, yeah, I, Rob Manford, I think, doing some good things. I think the pitch clock has been a winner. 
I think the getting rid of the shifts has been a winner. I think baseball in a better place right now than it was a few years ago with Rob Manfred. I think trimming the minor leagues, getting a collective bargaining agreement in place for minor league players is helpful. And as I say, I think this all trickles down into a better product at the college level because uh, I think you're going to see more high school stars end up playing college baseball for three years. And uh, I think that's a, a good thing for a college baseball and the big leagues and the, the industry of baseball. Yeah, the timing was fabulous. Good job. COVID kind of interrupted it. COVID gave it a bit of a gave everything a bit of a speed bump to say the least. But baseball also dealt with that. Because um, think about you know Dylan Cruz who went two oh two last night. You know he was in a normal draft. Oh yeah. He would. And there was that was the five round COVID draft. They only had five rounds of picks. And Dylan Cruz made it clear he wanted to go to LSU. But if he had been in a, in a normal year, he would have gotten drafted. and He would have had a decision to make. Uh, instead, he ended up at LSU. Was a superstar for three years, and I'd argue that Wyatt Langford in a normal year—that's like a—that's a number one overall prospect. Oh, we just said that. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Rangers run the when the when the when the Tigers took the kid out of high school. The Rangers (laughs) they couldn't wait to get ran the card up there. I mean, it was like okay. I saw I saw several mock drafts ahead of it putting Wyatt Langford at one because of signability. That you know, what's the only concern with him? Just his fielding ability? No, he's a great center fielder. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I mean, he, he I, to me, watching him through his college career and and watching him closely in the lead up to this draft, he's a guy that can fast track to the bigs like Josh, and he can hit like, it too. like Josh Young did. I mean, remember like a when, year and a half. And Josh Young would have been up faster if not for the injury. Remember, he suffered the injury. Um, but you know, Josh Young has already you know become a star. He's going to be poss- possibly the rookie of the year in the American League, playing third base for Texas. Uh, this kid, he he projects as a pretty quick quick move uh, through that system. And could add another. Stud into that lineup for the Rangers, where they got plenty of studs already. Let's dive into our coach's corner. It's brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. That's avconsultations.com as we roll forward. And, Buck, it's coach's corner time. Yes, it is. Uh, now, we are we will not be at Big 12 Football Media Days. We're no. kind of bummed by that, but it's not like we're getting punished. There's just not going to be anything happening in the morning. I didn't want to see where but I, Dak you know, I, went down at the 20-yard line and nobody else in the building. Yeah, because as the, the, the Big 12 has announced the schedule and most – Nothing happens till like eleven o'clock. So right. you're going to have lunch and all the uh, the players and coaches from all seven teams each day will go from like eleven to seven. Um, so it just misses us. But our the rest of our staff will be up there and crew from you know the the Light the Tower show through Chad and Zay through uh, Ball Don't Lie, uh, bringing you interviews and conversations. Had we been there though, Buck, as we have each of the last five or six years, what uh, which coaches would you be most interested in talking to? At Big 12 media days. Because you always like seeing Cliff Kingsbury and well, smelling the good-smelling one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, Joey McGuire has been an interesting to talk with, i got to believe. And coming off of his first year and his expectations and his expectations of his football program, I'd love to talk to him about that. Joey McGuire. Where, is, where, do, they, where do they think they can really, think, really be? I think that's a great one because Joey McGuire – and Joey's a great conversation. Yeah. Joey's a dynamic guy. Uh, and he's, he's a high school coach who's – who credits his rise, you know, into the college ranks with to Matt Rule for plucking him out of high school and putting him on his Baylor staffs, and then, you know, you know, Joey McGuire will tell you that he not only did learn a lot from Matt Rule watching him build the Baylor program, uh, he also Matt Rule took a liking to Joey McGuire and would sit with him and tell him, hey, look, you know, when you when you become a college coach, these are things you need to be thinking about. He these are you know roster management and recruiting things and. Uh, Joey McGuire will tell you that without Matt Rule, he's right. not at Texas Tech right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and the other one would be, you know, because we never really I, – I, all these years I never got a chance to talk with Mike Gundy, and I'd like to ask him you how never, the hell – You never talked to Gundy? I never got a chance. You know, that early in the morning, that dude didn't – that guy wasn't getting out of bed early when we'd be up there. I mean, I'd like to ask the him, how, did you, how do you pay off the officials when oh. you play Texas? I mean, just – 
This what was like the game how, last year? I was there. It was like 15 penalties to none. Yeah, I'd like to know. How do you do that? How are you in with those I mean, guys that I, close? And, and I know. Is that true? I mean, CB will remind me, historian CB. But I believe I, I was there. You know, Quinn Ewers had a rough day. The wind was blowing. Texas stopped running the ball and blew a double-digit lead. But you can't have every penalty. Wasn't it 15 to nothing? Yeah, it was something like that. 12 or 15. I mean, how, how do you do that, Coach? How's that po- Who do you know? Who do you know? Well, they've they've had their way with Texas uh, of late, and that that loss for Texas last year was huge because that loss if they if they win that game, which they were clearly the better team in my mind. I mean, seeing it with my own eyes, and and the quarterback Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State was not healthy, um, but you know things just kind of fell their way, and Texas had a bunch of injuries in the secondary as the game went on, and um, they really missed a lot of tackles and didn't get guys on the ground in that game. And, you know, 15 to nothing penalty-wise can hurt. But in the end, if Texas wins that game, they're playing yes. in the Big 12 title game uh, last year, which would have been a, a huge opportunity. Uh, that's the goal this year is to get there. But I like that. Yeah, Mike Gundy. Yeah, those are the two guys. Is Gundy on the way out? He's uh, got Doesn't it just feel like it? I mean, would, it, would he be on the way to retirement or would he be on the way to going somewhere else? you think he would ever leave that place? I don't know that he'd leave for somewhere else. That's the thing. And how in demand is he going to be? Because he's kind of weird. Not everybody's cup of tea, that Mike Gundy. With no. the mullet. And, of course, he played at Oklahoma State. He's a you know was a star quarterback there. It's, it's, it's home. I mean, I could always – I mean, I could see Gundy at, at, in the SEC at places like Auburn. If that, I mean, Auburn would be a place that – would you be uh, surprised if Gundy ended up – but would you be surprised if he ever I mean, ended up – they just hired Hugh Freeze. I could yeah, see I mean, him out like Mississippi State maybe. Ooh, that's where Mike Leach ended up. And remember, Mike Leach was kind of seen as kind of weird. And Mike Leach was so weird that at Texas Tech they ran him out of love. <laughs> He, he wasn't. was so weird. Well, Mike was they a unique guy. Out? Yeah, I know. Weird's yeah. not bad. I think weird is guys who think outside the box, don't think like everybody else, don't oh, sound like everybody fabulous. else. He was fun to listen to. Gundy's got a lot of that, and but he's a he's a legend in Stillwater, right? He's he is Oklahoma State football, and so yeah, you're right. He probably would. I don't think he'd fit retire. elsewhere. I think he'd go somewhere else and be like, this guy's really weird. Let's get out. Of, let's get out of this. And Oak State's kind of like, yeah, he's weird, but he's our weird. You know, he's that's right. So like, so, like Huggy, so like Huggy Bear. Oh, he's an excellent coach. So like Huggy Bear. Well, I, I think when we talk about weird, I think outside the box. I think guy who thinks – and Mike Gundy, you know, he doesn't – he's unorthodox in the way he does things. I mean, he he hired an a offensive coordinator we found on the internet. Remember when he brought in uh, – who was the guy that – I'm a man. I'm 40. Who was the coach that ended up coming to Texas with Tom Herman who was – the Tom, either way. But, yeah, Mike Gundy's off the nose of the way he does things. But – you know, that doesn't work all the time at a larger pro- – because you wouldn't leave Oklahoma State to go to a smaller program. Would he go up? But at this point – Not if made- he got fired. Yeah, but would – I don't know. I just, I- no, he would retire. He's not that – he's, he's not got- retiring age. Well, he's got he might, he, I tell you, he could probably do, be good on TV, though. Oh, Gundy. It says Texas – Urban Meyer style. It says Texas, 14 penalties. Oklahoma State, zero. Zero penalties. Thought so. I was in the in the man. building and it was not pretty. That was just a frustrating game to watch because uh, your man Quinn yours would like miss wide open receivers. Hey, he's open. He's open. Oh, incomplete. And Tom Herman never. Tom Herman. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian never thought to go to Hudson Card at any point, even though Quinn yours was struggling. Remember in that game when they built the thirty one seventeen lead, Quinn yours was struggling from the very beginning. Yes, but they were just running the ball all over. The Cowboys. I mean, it was ridiculous. Jim B. John Robinson, Roshan Johnson. It was just jailbreak city on the run game. Then you got to the fourth quarter and just run the ball. I mean, Sark learned that by the Baylor game that just just run the ball. Get you know, get your your two tight ends set in there and just start pounding the rock and pound people. 
and give it to Bijan over and over again. And then Roshan, they did that to the Baylor Bears in the in the final week. They if they'd done it in Stillwater, might have won that ball game. But uh, obviously, ifs and nuts and candy and butts. All right, coming up, we'll get uh, continue our coaches' corner. Well, into who North. would you? I mean, I, I told you who. But who would you miss talking to? Like to be talking to. I'll tell you on the other side. Coach Kleiman, maybe even. I'll tell you on the other side when we come back who I will miss visiting with at Big 12 Football Media Days. Most also, Northwestern's president has stepped in and uh, made a comment on the Pat Fitzgerald situation. That is getting ugly. And yeah, um, much like we talked about with George Costanza last week and with uh, San Diego State, apparently Bob Huggins didn't really mean to resign. Like he didn't really mean to quit his job at West really Virginia. I remember if he did or not. After being drunk as a goose. Uh, and, and pulled over and all of that. Uh, we'll get you that sorted tale as well. Part of a good, bad, and ugly Monday here on Beanie. Several of you uh, smart people on the Specs text line, and we appreciate the contributions always on the show of the people. Reminded us that Oki Light was actually called for a holding penalty, but Texas declined it because mm. it resulted in a fourth down. That's true, but still, 14 to nothing. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. That man. Also, um, our man Tom on the text line says, he, the eccentric is the word you're looking for, not weird. Well, yeah, you're right, eccentric. I guess Mike he, Leach is weird. Mike Leach was eccentric, weird. Mike Leach, would, Leach was a unicorn. He just was. Yes. There was only one Mike Leach. But I think there's only one Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy's a weird weird guy to my, me. But uh, even when you meet him, he's just kind of a... Again, weird positively. I mean, yeah, uh, nobody. Not, we're not saying weird in a bad I way. I like people that are different, not like everybody. Else, which is why, since we, as the show of the people in the morning, are not going to be at Big Twelve Media Days because there's no point. Uh, our our colleagues will do a great job of bringing you full coverage. Brought to you by Hayes City Store and Ice House. When are they headed up there? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday shows live, or actually, like I think for uh, Wednesday morning, correct? Like yeah, Jeff and not Jeff Wednesday and, morning, Wednesday afternoon. I believe Craig Way returns from his. Uh, North Carolina vacation to Big 12 Media Days to join Jeff on Wednesday. Jeff will be, I think Jeff's going up. No, actually I heard him say Jeff's going to drive up early morning to be there to be on at 10 o'clock, uh, save, a, save a hotel night. But, yeah, I mean, to be on the air by noon in Arlington, you can get up and get up there in the morning. But, yeah, they'll be up there Wednesday and Thursday, brought to you by our friends at Hay City Store and Ice House and also our other uh, partner there, the uh, One Source Gas Group, One Source Gas for all of your uh, com- compressed gas needs are two great sponsors of that big event. Two days of coverage. The f- and when we talk about unicorns, Buck, a, a unique Big 12 ch- uh, media days like never before. Texas and Oklahoma's final year, and obviously four new schools. And by the way, of the coaches I'd want to talk to of the new schools, I think uh, I think Gus Malzahn will be the top of that list. And I'm mm-hmm. going to miss it, visiting with, uh, you know, he had great success at Auburn, and then it, it fell apart a little bit. Uh, another one of those high school coaches who was yes. a superstar high school coach who – Became a really good college football coach. Now he's at UCF. Most people look at UCF as the most dangerous of the new teams. You know, Cincinnati would be in that conversation, but they've lost a lot of their key guys, and Luke Fickle took off to Wisconsin. Uh, so we'll get to know the new Cincinnati coach. But as far as coaches I'm going to miss talking to, for sure, Sonny Dykes. Yes. Uh, really did hey, man, he really made himself available last year. I thought, I thought he was fantastic. And, you, you know, know, you and I, for over the course of this show, were such – we're so close with his father yep. and Spike Dykes. And after he retired from coaching and moved out to Horseshoe Bay, uh, Spike used to listen to our show every morning. He'd call us Gosh. all the time and talk football with We'd us. have him on. We'd have every to, Friday. We'd have to back him off. We'd have to say, Coach, oh, we got to go. We'd he, have to say to Spike, that Coach, talker. Oh, my, oh, could he, he talk? Yeah, he'd listen to us all week, and then he'd call, and he'd have to tell us where we were wrong. And oh, my goodness. And he, he loved could go. college football, man. He could go. He could go. I mean, his. I still have his phone number, and it still has he and his wife 
Oh, you call it? Oh, I every once in a while I'll call it, but it still has him and we can't answer the phone. It's uh, a dual voicemail. Yeah, we won't be answering the phone. I mean, it's like so, no, we understand, Coach. You can't of answer the phone. Characters. Ty, uh, Spike was such a character. And uh, such a great guy. But, yeah, so Sonny's always good to talk to. And, I, I, you know, speaking of guys who are not like everybody else, Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda and Baylor. Uh, I'm going to miss talking to that guy. It's, he's going to talk very quietly. Dude, we used to you speak to really him. really lean in and he, listen to him. Oh, my goodness. We would speak to him, and we'd have Grant Taft. Remember we used to talk to Grant oh, Taft well, yeah, when he on was the show? Because he was up there as the director of the Coaches Association. He was fabulous. Time. Grant Taft, was, he was yeah, fabulous. Was, for sure. Uh, so, But Dave Aranda, man, you just I don't – don't know what to expect from Baylor. That's the team that could be a complete wild card because That's they the went. That's the one for me. They were really bad his first year, but that was, a, I always say, any coach that took over during COVID, that was really tough uh, to take over a program during that year. Uh, but it's, So it, I think it led to a rough year. But then year two, he wins the Big 12. And um, a rising coach, obviously, and got some flirtations with some SEC jobs after that, but stuck in. That's where he wants to be. And then Baylor last year just wasn't very good. And Dave Aranda did not aggressively pursue the transfer portal, I think, to his peril last year. You know, he lost really good players, the Terrell Bernards, the Jalen Petries, the Tyquan Thorntons, his leading rusher, and didn't replace him. I mean, two, you know, his good offense. That team that won the Big 12, they just didn't go out and replace. Now, yep. now, Sonny Dykes at TCU, right, they lost a bunch of their best players, like all their best players, but Sonny and his staff have been very aggressive in the portal, which has always been Sonny's nature, even back to SMU, where they use the portal actively. Um, Dave Aranda, I think, regretted not being more because it's one of those things in coaching book you cannot like it and not be a fan of something but you better be using it i mean i know there's a lot of clemson fans that are frustrated with davo swinney right now that he's kind of holding the line on this old school oh way yeah of thinking. Well, we're it's not like, going to do that you're going to we're going to we're going to take our freshmen we're not going to go all yeah. over the place yeah well, for okay, kids coach. in the portal okay fight the battle uh, but at the same time the rest of the college landscape is passing you by and getting better and you know, I, I'm a fan of Steve Sarkeesian's mindset on that is, you know, whether I like it or not, it is what it is right now, and I've got to use it. I mean, I can't not compete in the NIL space. I cannot not, not right. compete in the portal. Um, you know, I have to understand that our staff has to connect and re-recruit our own roster all the time. And these are things maybe you don't like because you grew up coaching a different style in a different time, but those who evolve will succeed, and those who don't will not. And that's where Dave Aranda, uh, he has been much more active and his staff in the portal this offseason. And, you know, they could be a team that surprises some people because they certainly surprised everybody two years ago when they won the Big 12. So I don't know enough about Oklahoma's coach. I really don't that I want to spend time talking with him. Dude, Brett Venables is I, – I just don't – I don't – I've never – I've never – I've never really – I've listened to him go when he first got that job, and he can go. I mean, once he starts talking, he doesn't know when it's and how to stop. Red Bull. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But he I, doesn't stop talking. Yeah, he can go. I remember last year, his first Big 12 media days, I go. I always go over and sit and watch because the, the coaches do their own sure. big seat at the podium. They do a speed, They do their opening intro, welcome to Big 12 media days, and it's all broadcast on Fox. Oh, yeah, when, the, when, when the person who answers it started asking the question starts rolling in his eyes, like, okay. Well, no, his Are opening statement, so he went like full Mac Brown, because Mac Brown, back when we covered Mac, used to cannibalize his Monday press conference, because <laughs> he would just go. 
mean, he'd come in there, he'd take the first 10 minutes just rattling off stats and Oh, Mac was the king of stats. I mean, he was like, wow. Right, but then you'd get to a, You know all of these things. Well, John Bianca would give him a list of things. <laughs> and uh, Well, and from the game, they did this, and then he did this, and he, man, he'd go on and on and on and on. Next thing you know, you get a question in, because everybody's you know, chomping at the bit to ask a question, and then Mac would take that and run and take it all different directions. I think directions. be over with. Okay, oh. we're done. Hey, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Three questions. talking about how proud of the kids he is. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, then there was fun. You know, Charlie Strong. Charlie was a little different on that. He'd get a lot of, we'd get to the end, and Charlie Strong would be, is that it? Any more questions? What do you got? Uh, yeah, we're done, Coach. We've gotten, we've gotten 28 we questions go. in. We grilled you for <laughs> We got 28 questions minutes. in. But uh, so far in my small sample size of Brett Venables, he's got some of that in him. It, mm. uh, you won't get many questions in. So if you're, you're going to ask Brett Venables a question, get it early. Get it early up there. Get them to the that, point. That big media session. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, Oklahoma. Brett Venables. Interesting. Well, we'll but, you have know, to listen to bowls be any longer and get our little no, sleep in there because we'd get a little nap in there. Well, you know, that's kind of something I'll be missing is not being able to talk to Brett Yormark because, as boring as Bob Bowlesby was, I mean, he was the, the cure for insomnia. Man, uh, Brett Yormark's the opposite, and I th- still think he's on the aggression. I still think the Big Twelve is pushing to to try to add Colorado and Arizona. He's still trying to build this basketball uh, concept, the basketball league, standalone with the Big oh, 12. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, it's going to be be really, really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I'll miss talking to him because, you know, he the one the other thing we learned from Brett Yormark last year in his first year as commissioner, he hadn't even started yet last year, was he'll talk. He's candid. Oh, yeah. He's refreshingly candid about what he's thinking. So Yeah, I'll, he doesn't hold any punches back. He just goes. I'll certainly be listening for that. Okay, as for the uh, coaches in controversy, here we go. Northwestern President Michael Schill said in a statement late yesterday that he may have erred in his decision to suspend Coach Pat Fitzgerald for just two weeks following an investigation into hazing allegations within the program. Upon reflection, I believe I may have erred in weighing the appropriate sanction for Coach Fitzgerald. That The confidential report concluded that while there was corroborated evidence that hazing had occurred, there was no direct evidence that Coach Fitzgerald was aware of the hazing and determining an appropriate penalty for the head coach. I focused too much on the, what the report concluded. He did not know enough of what he should have known. So, Uh-oh, the old he should have known. Um, so, and obviously, this is so they've, they've reopened the investigation. Yep. Um, there's, there's conflicting reports. And I'll say again, congratulations, props to the uh, Northwestern School paper. Northwestern has a great journalism school, and that school paper is who broke this story. And, you know, again, it's it's allegations from both sides. You know, Pat Fitzgerald has been a great coach and played at Northwestern, um, has turned down opportunities to move on from Northwestern to coach elsewhere, kind of like about, talked about with Mike Gundy. What is he, 17 years the coach there? It's been a long time. He, uh, you know, that's why, you know, the, those in support of Pat Fitzgerald are saying, wait a second, he's got 17 years of – a career here that none of this has ever been alleged. You know, uh, one player is is coming out and saying this happened. Now it's being corroborated, but there's been plenty of players saying that this thing's blown out of proportion. This isn't true. So again, you got to let it play out. But the president having to double back and say maybe that two week suspension was a little callous. I, you know, let's go ahead and make this a, a you know open ended suspension at this point for our head coach as we look into where this thing goes. Um, but that's one that. As fa- it's just started on Friday. There's been reporting over the weekend. There'll be more reporting and a further investigation. That's one that uh, yeah. This isn't just the old banana in the tailpipe walking down the line to get your lunch. No, this is this is some kind disturbing of disturbing hazing. Yes, uh, of a sexual nature at times too, which um, you know just just looks really 
bad, and uh, that needs to be investigated. But it's one of those things, even if Pat Fitzgerald, they get to a point where he didn't know and wasn't aware, then then we've had that conversation about coaching many times. Well, how are you not aware of this? How are you not aware of that? I mean, that you you know, you you know coach talk about open-door policies. If some of this is going on, somebody should tell you, right? Somebody should want to come tell you what's going on in your program or an assistant coach or somebody. There's somebody that knows. There's an assistant coach on that staff that knows what's happened. Oh, sure. I mean – but you know, this is if it doesn't get to the head coach, and the head I coach know. never knew, and it's plausible. And he goes, he goes, "Hey, I didn't know." Right. Well, you can go read the report. I mean, it would take too long, but if you go read the report from the Northwestern School paper, and it's it's pretty detailed and um, you know disturbing. Same time, it's got to be shown yeah, it's, that uh, yeah, this isn't like Wimby being tapped on the shoulder or tapped on the back by Brittany. <sighs> This is some weird behavior. This is right weird. before hot or not coming up with our man Ty. It is official. The Vegas police have weighed in on that. They've done their full investigation, including video evidence, because you know everything in Vegas is on video. And everything, if you're in Vegas, they have video of it. Just you know that. How did they get away with all that stuff in a hangover? Well, it was before. Remember they got oh, before before they, they had video to, everywhere. But they went to the video to see a lot of what did, went yeah, on. Yeah, they if you did. Remember. Yes, they did. They did come back to that. The video, but was they could have seen a lot more. I was thinking. But uh, so yes, we will we will get you because it it appears. What do you know? Britney Spears was the one that blew this whole thing out of proportion. No one else. Shocking. Uh, on the uh, the other coaching controversial story that is uh, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins. But uh, so sobered on, up, sobered up, and finally said, "Wait a second, I did what? He didn't remember. I resigned." What he signed. <laughs> um, but. Uh, his attorney sent his new attorney because he's had other attorneys. We got a new Cleveland-based attorney who sent notice on Friday to Gordon Gee, the president of West Virginia, stating that the purpose of this letter is to update West Virginia on Coach Huggins' current status and plan to return to his active duties as head basketball coach. That would be awesome. The, <laughs> there's not a chance. <laughs> the letter goes on to say that Huggins did not actually resign and intends to sue the school if not reinstated. That would be the most West Virginia thing ever. To no, happen. it's not. That's not happening. I'm back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, this thing is, uh, and and West Virginia is doing the whole George Seinfeld, you know, George Costanza's boss saying, "What? No, we oh, have it gone. in writing. <laughs> yeah, you're gone. A couple times here. Um, you know, corroboration. You sent us this uh, email correspondence. Well, uh, either way, couldn't they just be like, okay, well, you're fired then. Like, here's your job back. Well, you're I think fired. I would stay. You got but, a DUI, and you said homophobic slurs on a live radio show multiple times. I am not um, a lawyer, but to me this plays out like someone who's trying to get money out of this deal. Yes. Like knowing they're not going to hire him back. Yeah, but, he knows he's but, not coming Wait, back. how much am I losing out on? Yeah. And so I, I, I resigned and didn't get a settlement? Somebody's saying, wait you, a you second. Can get, you can get maybe a little bit of this. Okay, let's do it. So let me send this letter from a lawyer saying, oh, I never resigned. What are you talking about? I'm planning to show up on Monday. I'm going to show up and go to work. That was my wife. And my wife did that. She sent a text. That never <laughs> oh happened. Goodness. I'm going to show my phone. Well, knowing that the ball would be in West Virginia's court to say, okay, just sue us then, Bob. I think we're going to win. But at the same time, they might say, all right, what do we? What's it going to take to avoid a lawsuit on this? Let's we just don't want to hear you talking anymore. He, is he going to take a page of the Rick Pitino book and go coach at like a, a smaller school for a few years, try to make a comeback, or do you think he's done? How he never said he's retired. Is he in his sixties? Yeah, I mean, he's what like the third. Leading all-time wins right now, active or second. Yeah, he's active. been around for a while. Wow. I mean, he's right there behind Coach K and Jim mm-hmm. Beheim. 
And remember, his daughter came out in the aftermath and had had a vehement denial and defended her dad. And I don't know, man. That how do you? I mean, it's only in cut, West cut and dry. What what's going on here? Seems like it. But again, I look. Lawyers can write whatever they want, right? And they can. You got to be able to prove that. But is this a money grab? Does he really want his job back? Can he, I don't think that's even possible. They've they've promoted the interim coach. They've got players are gone. But the the letter also insinuates that he never resigned. He, the, the the case in Pittsburgh's about to be dismissed, which that's what? A, yeah, exactly. It's like wait, wait a second. That, what, what do you mean? Who does he know in Pittsburgh? Well, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. That that was a out of left field story. You read it and you're like, okay, <laughs> let's let's let that play out. That is interesting. That uh, Bob Huggins, who we thought had ridden off into the sunset unceremoniously, is going to come back and fight for his job or just fight for a bag of money. One of the two. He's fighting for the bag right now. I think so. I did what? I resigned without getting any settlement. Out of I don't deal? remember that. Oh, there's a lot I don't remember. Yeah, that was a that was a cloudy time, cloudy <laughs> time in my life, uh, when I was had a flat tire in Pittsburgh, and I thought I was in Columbus. Fortunate nobody got hurt in that deal or killed without a yes. doubt. Hey, we go back. We will uh, pick up the conversations and uh, Ty, Ty, our producer, will lead us through the hot or not topics. Diving back into the good, bad, and ugly from the busy weekend, amateur draft, historic last night out in Seattle. And uh, no, no Texas Longhorns picked yet, if you're paying attention. 70 picks in, no Longhorns. That's not a surprise, but was surprised that the uh, Round Rock right-hander, Travis Sikora, was not taken in the first 70 picks last night. He's still on the board as they open up uh, you know, rounds 3 through 18 starting today and tonight out in Seattle. So we'll get you details on that coming up. Uh, but T.Y. has our Hot or Not topics next. What's hot? And what's not? What's hot? What's not? Is brought to you by Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Visit us at txortho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Hot not? A lot of hot over the weekend. Baseball center stage with the draft last night. LSU wins the Natty and then has the top two players drafted. Uh, we're looking for examples and parallels in other sports. Alabama didn't win the national championship in football this year, but they had the first and third picks of the NFL draft with Bryce Young and Will Anderson. But uh, what a run for LSU. And I will say I thought MLB Network did a nice job of having Jay Johnson, the the LSU head coach, as one of their analysts. thought he did a real nice job bringing some insights to the players. And he knew Wyatt Lankford very well. Rhett Lauder, the uh, pitcher for the uh, for Wake Forest, who win the top ten. thought that was a sharp move. Uh, and it turns out that the the catcher, Blake Mitchell, that the Kansas City Royals selected with the eighth pick, Buck, uh, he, he had been committed to LSU. Mm-hmm. So Jay Johnson was a good get uh, by MLB Network last night in their coverage of that draft. Also hot, the soccer, the Austin FC, Buck, they've got 10 points in their last four matches, climbed to fifth in the Western Conference standings. And, uh, and they so got a little momentum going right now. They do. Just got to get in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Yep. Well, and they're, they're cruising towards that. And, boy, it's amazing when your best player starts to play his best, right, Sebastian Driussi. Two goals in the four-one win at Minnesota the other night. Um, yeah, they played looks, really. They played really good defense too. They, they've been struggling on defense. And a goal from Rigoni. Yeah, they haven't seen much from him this year. Maybe well, it'll be maybe interesting. Hot. today, big press conference out of Q two saying they're going to introduce their new sporting director. They brought in from uh, Man City. He's going to be introduced today formally, so we'll get to hear from him and uh, find out what his vision is for Austin FC moving into the uh, to the summertime and beyond. That'll be happening today. Also from the uh, hot or not category, we you know Ty just said it right that this whole Bob Huggins thing is very West Virginia like, right? Only in West Virginia. How about this? Only at Wimbledon. Only at Wimbledon could a, a player be serving in a champagne bottle 
uncorked, disturbs the serve, like poop or pop, however that goes. Very loud up in the stands or in one of those suites. Did they replay the point? Uh, No, but the the umpire, not happy, issued a very stern warning for the uppity. Didn't say, bring me a glass? Yes. Hit me with a glass over there? Yeah, Uh, but so pop the champagne. (laughs) That is very Wimbledon, right? Uh, Also this, Ty, you'll like this. Because did you see that the, the, the the fans at Wimbledon were told to refrain from having relations in their quiet rooms? Like, stop having sex in the quiet rooms. Can we stop that? Here's what you probably didn't know. Wimbledon, so they have these quiet rooms that they're used for some quiet time, some meditation, sure. maybe to pray during the events because no, it's a long day. No banging, though? No banging. No banging. No banging. It's from all that grunting, people getting all excited <laughs> from you. Oh, oh. Tournament bosses warned spectators on Monday that the secluded sanctuary space near Court 12 will be kept under a watchful eye for the tournament moving forward after numerous couples were caught using it as a spot for, you know, playing doubles or something. I don't know. Whatever they were doing. Uh, it's a really. No. The, Isn't uh, there a forehand, are they? Uh, the All England Lawn and Tennis Club told the Telegraph newspaper it's a really important space. So we're retaining it, and we're making it, making sure that people are using it the right way. If people need a space to go pray, it's the quiet space for that. There's an opportunity to breastfeed there, but we make we want to make sure it's used the that's right. What, that's what the handicap porta potties for. <laughs> Breastfeeding? No. Oh, don't say it. Don't even say you've done anything well, like think, that think in a porta potty. Is there a more filthy please, place on the planet? Please, please tell me you have, though. I have. Oh, yeah, that is great. <laughs> At what event was this? Great. That had to be a concert, right? ACL. Yeah, I was thinking it was oh, a concert. Oh, was it at least in like one of the VIP areas? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a lot of spacious handicap. Gross. Was it one of those air-conditioned ones? Remember, we went to the- It uh, was not my we idea. We did the show at- uh, Oh, you were getting assaulted. When we did the show at the uh, Texas versus OU, OU, and they had those, those they're like mobile portified that had yeah, air conditioning. Nice yeah. Oh, those were great. Almost wanted to stay up in there during it was so hot. I mean, air conditioned. Well, if they came and knocked on the door at the the All England Club just outside of Court Twelve, could you say, "Yo, I was just breastfeeding"? Come on, man. Yeah, but you can't be breastfeeding to like a seventeen-year-old kid like that mom at the airport in Boston. You know, getting up under the poncho. Hot out here. (laughs) Getting up under the poncho at fourteen. We we always say we learn something about Ty Henderson, our producer, once a show. Yeah, and that's that's a new one. That's gross, Ty. That's that's, gross. And I will chide the 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 person you were with too because that is all levels of gross. Yeah, she's she's wiped up now. She's a wife now. Don't ever tell the husband. Yeah. (laughs) Don't ever tell the husband. Okay, what do you have for us, T.Y., in Hot or Not? What have we missed halfway through this debaucherous program? Uh, so over the weekend, our man CB tagged me in this Twitter feed here. Um, it says, Netflix is releasing a re- reality competition series, Zombieverse, where contestants have to survive an actual zombie apocalypse. Well. Uh, looks like it's in it's a Korean series here, but there is the, the preview. They're straight up, like, punching and kicking these Zombies. Zombies, really? It's their actors. Right. Because, right. Like, right, they're not really not zombies. Yeah, but it's, it's, <laughs> Shocking. Sure. it's physical. And it looks, I mean, it looks pretty, it looks like a zombie movie, but it's like real people, Koreans, I'm assuming, and they throw them in here and they send the zombies after them. Really? Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm in on this, honestly. Well, you're a zombie. You like fighting. I like to be, a, I want to be a zombie in that deal. I'm also a big fan of Korean, Korean film and TV. Are you? They do a good, they cool. do a, 
Fantastic oh. job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check that out. All right, so uh, finally on Hot or Not, nobody's going to be charged with hitting Britney Spears in the face because apparently, according to the police and the eyewitnesses and the video evidence, nobody actually hit Britney Spears in the face. You know who hit Britney in the face? Britney did. Or she threw her arm up and knocked her own glasses no, off? No, she was trying to reach up and grab Victor Wimbanyama. The security guard, as we said accurately on Friday, swung around and, and bat, like hit her arm. forearmed her arm and her own arm. Hit her, hit her in the face and knocked her glasses off. And it was traumatic, as she said. Very traumatic. Embarrassing. Super embarrassing. Super embarrassing. Says police determined that he, quote, did not willfully or unlawfully use force or violence. Brittany happens to be a drama queen. No, he didn't say that. I said that. <laughs> but she was super embarrassed. She had to put, so much so she had to put out this long statement about how she, she hopes she gets an apology. From the organization and the league and him himself. <laughs> oh, she wants one from the league now, Leave too. Brittany alone. Come on, man. Get her and John Morant together. We'll counsel him. Wow. Any surprise that Pop got a five-year deal at 74 years old? He's going to coach that young guy. Nothing in the deal was disclosed about the money, how much it was. Maybe. $80 million. Oh, that is disclosed. For five years? I saw years? $80 million. I'll take that money. Five more years, I'll get yeah. some details on that coming up. Yeah, let's get some details. It says, Ty, that's beyond nasty. <laughs> that's beyond nasty. Assuming she was, too. Oh, <laughs> we're back. Be the other one.